Let's do that hockey. And welcome. This is episode 70 of Dauber Prospects Radio. I'm your host, Peter Harling, and we're talking fantasy hockey prospects as always on this podcast. Today's episode is going to feature on the Canada-Russia World Junior Preview Series that's happening across Canada right now. We've got four games in the books, so we'll be reviewing the two games that happened in the Q and the O, and doing a little preview of uh, what to look for in the dub. So, starting with a little review of the Q, I did a preview of that show, and I told you to keep your eyes on the um, the Russian players playing in the in the queue for Russia. Dmitry Zavgorodny and Hovanov, um, Pittsburgh, sorry, Calgary Flames and Minnesota Wild prospects. They uh, they did not disappoint. They had five points each. Um, really impressed with those guys, Zavgorodny particularly. But talking a lot about him as he's tearing up the league this year, playing on a line with uh, top overall ranked draft prospects. Alexis Lafreniere, and what Zav Grodin did was show that um, his performance isn't contingent on playing on that line. Uh, he was dominant and basically an all-star game. So against elite competition, uh, still playing with with great uh, line mates on his on his line with with Hovanov, uh, who also looked fantastic. So I spoke about Russian players on the previous episode. Go back and listen to that if you missed it. Uh, so talking about the Quebec players, uh, one player that stood out to me was uh, Raphael Lavoie, Edmonton Oilers draft pick. He has had a little bit of criticism uh, about his consistency or compete level, uh, but in the two-game span, he looked really good. He is a goal scorer. He had three goals and one assists in the two games, um, scored a couple different ways, if he could play like that on a consistent, regular basis, uh, there's a lot to like about him. So he's an Edmonton Oilers prospect. Uh, another player from the queue that stood out was Jacob Pelche, uh, another Calgary Flames prospect. Flames looking good. He had four assists in the two games. And as I always like watching for the draft-eligible guys, Dawson Mercer had a very good uh, showing. He's had a good season. He's injured right now. Uh, he's out for a couple weeks, so that's disappointing. But uh, so far this season, he's got 31 points in 19 games playing for Drummondville. He's a late birthday, so he's already 18. Uh, so he's just uh, a little bit late for last year's draft. Uh, but he certainly has first round look written all over him uh, for the draft coming up in 20 in Montreal. Um, the goalies, I thought neither one of them were 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 bad or great. I thought they both played good. Um, and that's one of the positions that's coming up for the Canadian World Junior team that I think is pretty wide open at this point. Um, they'll use this tournament for an opportunity to try and elevate their stock playing for um, Coach uh, Hunter, who's playing uh, coaching every game for Canada across the series and will be the coach for Team Canada at the World Juniors. Um, speaking of the world juniors, um, and how it relates to fantasy hockey, uh, making the world juniors, especially when you play for team Canada has a significant impact on players fantasy value 
or at least it, it, it can. Uh, there's been a lot of players, and I'm super guilty of this too, that you watch them play at the World Juniors and they really stand out to you and you just totally fall in love with the player. Um, that happened to me with uh, Jordan Tutu, for example. Um, so you can own a player if you're in a dynasty league, and then they can go ahead and make the World Juniors, or maybe Team Canada for the World Juniors. And if they have a really great tournament, it's very exciting to own that player for sure. But think of this as a really great sell-high opportunity in a lot of cases. If you go back and look at some of the, the scoring leaders and player performances uh, for players at the World Juniors, the people who own them in fantasy leagues might be thinking, oh my god, this guy is a superstar. He's going to be gangbusters in the NHL. And maybe, maybe not. The world, Some players peak. At the World Juniors, this is the pinnacle of their career. They may not ever play an NHL game, even playing for Team Canada. There's no guarantee. Uh, and playing for Team Canada and dominating, they might uh, they might go on to have uh, a couple of seasons in the NHL, um, but not really ever amount to stardom, let alone awesomeness that you might be thinking. So it is a not an absolute strategy, but it is a. Uh, a a very strongly recommended strategy to pay close attention to the players that you own in your dynasty league that make the world juniors and the play really well and consider if someone makes you a trade offer for them based on the assumption that they're going to make the NHL and they're going to be a star player it is a better bet to take that trade take that value take players that are in the NHL or um, or lottery picks for your coming draft uh, and things that are a little bit more sure bet assets um, or just hold on to the player because you love them too. And that's part of the fun of being in fantasy. All right. So moving on the, uh, uh, the series is uh, two thirds done and hopefully you've had an opportunity to watch it. So the broadcasting for this has been a little bit frustrating. Um, the first game was only on Sportsnet one and that's a channel that I don't subscribe to. So I had to watch it in French on TBR a second game was on regular Sportsnet, so that was fantastic. The third game I was at, but I understand that was only on Sportsnet 1 as well. Um, There's a couple people uh, complaining about how it wasn't more available. Um, game 4, which was in London, what I didn't get to go, which is really sad side story. Um, so I, I, I went up last week on Thursday to Kitchener and watched that uh, Canada-Russia game, and it was well worth the drive. Fantastic. It's about a four-hour drive from Kingston. Uh, my family lives in, in the Toronto area, so I stayed and visited the folks and spent the whole weekend going to hockey games with a plan of staying till Monday to watch the uh, the fourth game in London, Canada versus Russia. But we got a massive snowstorm, so I didn't want to drive across Toronto uh, to London, which is about a two-hour drive in a blizzard, and try and make it home. Um, they were cautioning against traveling, so I decided it wasn't worth it. So I went home before the snow and watched it on TV. So now tonight's game, the first game in the dub, is again not on Sportsnet. It's not even on Sportsnet 1. It's on the OLN. Who subscribes to that? Um, so fortunately, TVR has it, so I will, uh, I'll try to watch the French version of that again. And hopefully, Sportsnet gets their leap together uh, and broadcasts the fourth game on a regular Sportsnet channel that that everyone can watch and enjoy. So hopefully you get to watch these games. So taking a look at uh, some players from the OHL that stood out to me, I 
had my first live viewing of Quentin Byfield for this season, and man, this kid's just fantastic. I'll talk a little bit about him because I watched him play in Hamilton as well, but he's got the whole package. He's a highly skilled player. He was He's at the top of the league in scoring. Um, he's got, obviously he's got great size. There was a scrum after the game where he was like a head above everyone else. And I'm like six, one, maybe six, two. And I had to look up to him. And then I realized he was wearing skates, but even still, he's a very, very big guy. Um, and so I was very aware of his size and I was very aware of his, his skill and his shooting ability and his playmaking ability from, from watching him on TV a number of times. But when you see him live, you really just get to watch him for a whole shift. And his skating is, it's not a, you know, with big players, they're like, well, his skating needs some work. Or at best, his, his skating is not a, it's not a problem. His skating is an asset. Byfield's a really great skater. Um, I mean, this guy's just going to be amazing. And I, I think it's very legit to consider him first overall for the NHL draft. Um, I think I'd take Lafreniere number one overall in a fantasy draft, but uh, because he's a little bit more prolific offensive, but Byfield is and talking real for hockey. Byfield's a center, so he's got that going for him, and uh, he plays the game any way you want him to play it. He's good offensively, defensively, physically skilled. Kills penalties, power play. He was running the power play, the first power play that the OHL had, um, and making things happen. A um, lot of respect for him. Uh, he had two assists in two games. The other draft-eligible player for Ontario was uh, Cole Perfetti, who looked just great for Canada at the Halinka, and his stock continues to rise. I'm very impressed with him. He's um, he's going to be a fantasy asset for sure. Uh, another player that really stood out was uh, Connor McMichael. He's a Washington Capitals prospect. Good for them. They need all the help they're going to get. Uh, he's only 11% fan tracks owned uh so he's pretty available in a lot of leagues uh he's number one in the whl uh he was the player of the week um recently i'm not sure if it was this week or last week or whatever but um anyways he's got 41 points already in 16 games uh 19 goals 22 assists so a good balance there uh, this is his d minus one year so he's just drafted in vancouver this summer and he's dominating the league it looks like Washington got themselves um, a real good prospect late in the first round so great job Washington drafting this guy two goals in the tournament Uh, he looked great nice tip from uh, a point shot by Ryan Merkley on one of the goals I thought was uh, a very 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 high skilled demonstration of hand-eye coordination Um, it was very impressive uh, Hunter Jones played net for, uh, OHL in game two, played the whole game. And, uh, he's only 3% fan tracks owned. He was just drafted by Minnesota in 19, uh, in the second round. So that's a pretty high pick for a goalie. And he's been playing for the Peets in the OHL and the Peets are one of the best teams in the league. And he has a lot to do with that. And he looked very, very comfortable in this game so it's a high pressure game this is your audition your one game audition for your chance to play for Canada at the world juniors Um, it's on tv you're playing against Russia so it's a lot of pressure and he looked cool calm and collected the whole game 
he made all his saves look very routine, la da da, no problem in front of everything. Um, very uh, controlled in his movements, never panicking. Um, just made it all look really, really easy. Uh, and then the shootout came along, and he got kind of lit up in the shootout. So that might be a bit of a concern. Um, but he is my odds-on favorite to play goal uh, for Canada at the World Juniors. Like I said earlier, I think it's pretty wide open. I wouldn't have a problem with either of the guys um, from the queue that played in this series. Um, I don't really know much about the dub goalies that are coming up. But, uh, you know, Hunter Jones looks like a, a good a pick as anyone to play for Canada. And uh, I would be not surprised if he made the team and didn't get all the starts, but I would be very surprised if he didn't even make the team. Uh, a couple of other Russian players that stood out. Uh, so there was no uh, Zavgorodny or, or Havanov or Sokolov. Those guys were Q players, so they only played in the Q games. The a or sorry OHL players that played for Team Russia uh, didn't really stand out at all. Uh, the 67s defenseman um, didn't really didn't jump out at me. I was even looking for him a couple of times too, looking for one of his patented big hits, but uh, didn't really stand out. And I was really disappointed that uh, Rodan Amirov, who is a first round draft prospect for the 20 draft, was a scratch. For the one game that I went to. He did not play in Kitchener. But maybe that was a bit of a wake-up call for him. Because in last night's game four. He really stood out. He was very good. He uh, he scored a goal. Um, and an assist. He was in on the play all night long. Um, I thought he was very quick. Skilled. Very offensive. And uh, I thought he um, really was involved in the play. Uh, almost at all times. Uh, the other draft eligible player that I did see and played again last night was Maxim Groshev. And I uh, really like this kid too. Uh, he's strong. He's physical power sort of player. He's driving the net. Um, his skating stride. He's one of those guys that when he skates, you can hear his blade like carving up the ice. Um, so he's a player that um, I hope makes... Both these guys, I hope, make the uh, Russian World Junior Team, although uh, Russia tends to favor the older guys, so I'd be surprised if they made it. I doubt they will. Uh, okay, so let's talk a little bit about the WHL. And there are a number of players on this team that I consider to be locks for Team Canada. Um, so in no particular order, let's just kind of go through this. The, the first player I'm particularly interested to watch is is the leading scorer of the WHL, who is also draft eligible, and that's Connor Zary of the Kamloops Blazers. He's about uh, six foot one seventy five. He's a center, and uh, yeah, like I said, he's leading the dub in scoring. Um, Nineteen games, thirty points, uh, thirteen goals, seventeen assists. So a nice little balance there for a center. You know, um, like I said, I don't really know much about him, but I am super excited to watch him play. Um, in French tonight, and hopefully in English in Game 6. Uh, so, oh, also, there's a couple players who would be locks for Team Canada that aren't in this this series. The first one is Peyton Krebs. He's the Vegas Golden Knights' first-round pick, and he had a, a injury uh, during the draft at the end of last season. He blew his Achilles out 
Um, so he was a top 10 ranked prospect in a lot of people's lists. And because he was injured, he dropped a little bit. Vegas picked him up at 17. So he hasn't played yet this year. And doing a little research for this, I saw that yesterday, actually, was his first time in on the ice in full team practice in Vegas. Um, so he is just back from injury, practicing with Vegas. Uh, I would be surprised if he made the team. In fact, I'd be shocked. Because he's missed, you know, the whole summer and all training camp and a month of the season, uh, a month and change of the season in, in junior. Um, we're talking, what, almost 20 games now? 20 games in? That's a third of the season um, for uh, CHL leagues. Uh, it'd be very, very difficult for him to make the NHL. And I, I'm confident he's not eligible for the AHL so he'll practice with the team uh he could even play a game or two with Vegas but you know the preseason is over um I think he'll be returned to the WHL uh very shortly in Winnipeg and uh hopefully he can you know get his uh his legs back and his game together on time to be the first lock for the Team Canada roster and he is 19% fan tracks owned uh, the second player that um, is not going to be playing for the WHL, and that's because he's in the NHL, is Kirby Doc. He was picked third overall by the Hawks. He's playing in the NHL right now. Um, he's got 11 games in. He's got four points. He's playing anywhere from 10 to 12 minutes. Right now he's on the fourth line, but he's moved up and down the roster a little bit. Um, he's he's looking pretty good. You know, he scored a goal. Uh, I think he scored against the Leafs on Sunday. Um so he's over his 11 games played he is ahl eligible somehow he's also played a few games in the a so he's a lock for canada but it's only if chicago allows it um and i kind of doubt they will i'm not sure that if he's still playing in chicago there's there's no reason why they would send him to the world juniors and even if he's in the ahl they might determine that he's better off being a member of our organization and, and playing in our uh, AHL affiliate um, getting coaching from us there. Uh, all right, moving on. Another player that I'm really interested to watch would be uh, Braden Tracy. He's a left winger with the Moose Jaw Warriors. He made my Anaheim Ducks top 10 prospect rankings for uh, myNHLTradeRumors.com. I'll be doing an episode shortly with Lucas Main talking about Ducks prospects like I did talking Bruins prospects um, with Mark Alred from the Black and Gold podcast. Thanks again, Mark. Uh, subscribe to the Black and Gold podcast. They're really good. Uh, so Braden Tracy, Anaheim Ducks, uh, 2019 first round pick, 29th overall. He is 7% fan tracks owned. Uh, this guy has been a prospect that has been steadily progressing. At the beginning of last year, he was a on-the-radar draft-eligible prospect. And by midseason, he was getting conversation for a first-round pick. And he ended up going in the first round, 29th overall. Uh, and he was ranked a lot higher on a lot of people's lists. You know, he's six foot 176, so he's not a tiny guy. He's not a beast. He's pretty average. Uh, he's a winger. Um, but he is just continuing to rise. His last year, one of the, the concerns or the knocks on him would have been that 
he played with a couple overage players that were like leading the league in scoring. So kind of like, you know, Zavgarodny. He's playing with Lafreniere and Parai, who is an overager. You know, like, is he just a passenger on that line or is he an equal contributor? Well, uh, Tracy is showing that he was an equal contributor because uh, this season he has uh, 11 games and he's got 20 points. That's nine, um, nine goals and 11 assists. Um, and that leads the league in points per game, 1.82 points per game, which is slightly higher than Connor Zeri, who has played way more games. Um, so he's, uh, he's a, a player I'm, I'm keenly interested in watching. Uh, next guy on the list, and he is a lock for Canada, and that's Dylan Cousins, Lethbridge Hurricanes. Buffalo Sabres picked him seventh overall. He has played the entire season in the dub. He did not start in the NHL. He is 26% fan tracks owned. So 19 games this year, he's got 28 points, 13 goals, 15 assists. That's pretty amazing. Um, he'll be on Team Canada for sure, and I'm pretty sure he'll be in Buffalo next season too. Uh, so he's a player that's that's widely owned, um, and you might not have to wait long for him. Nolan Foot is the next guy forward last forward on my list uh playing for Kelowna he's only 11% fan tracks owned he's a first round pick from 19 as well 27th overall he is the captain for Kelowna this year so he had what was considered to be a disappointing season in his draft year uh when he came into the league there was a lot of buzz around him you know he's um he's Adam Foote's son Callan Foote's younger brother uh, both those guys are tremendous defensemen. Cal's drafted by Tampa Bay. So Nolan came into the, his career and his rookie season. Kelowna went to the Memorial Cup, and everyone was like, oh, this guy's going to be amazing. And then his draft year, he only scored 63 points in 66 games. And so he still went in the first round, but a lot of people were saying he's not a first-round pick, skating is an issue or whatever, blah, blah, blah. His points were disappointing. And then it came out that, um, and Russ Cohen broke this, that he pretty much played the whole year with an, uh, an injury. He had an injured wrist. So that's why his point totals were maybe a little bit uh, under projection, should we say. But Tampa Bay must have known something that a lot of other people didn't and they uh they were happy to pick him 27th overall so far this season he's the captain of Kelowna and in 17 games he's got 10 goals 14 assists for 24 points he's a plus five and he's also got 45 penalty minutes so anyone who's in uh roto bangers and mash keeping Carlson uh kind of league a uh, little bit extra value there I would not say that Nolan Foote is a lock for Team Canada, but I, I'm really, 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 really hoping that he makes it because he's a player that I want to watch. Uh, he's a player that I want to own in fantasy, and uh, I think he's an example of a player who could play really well in this tournament, have a lot of people fall in love with him, and really increase his value even higher. So, uh, But I got another player who's even more like that coming up on the defense list, and the defense list for the dub is stellar. Starting with uh, Bowen Byram, I guess. He was the top-ranked player for the draft, defenseman for the draft in 2019. And he went fourth overall to Colorado. And they're just going to be sick with him and Cal McCarr 
um, anchoring that blue line for the next uh, generation. He is a lock for Canada. He's 33% owned in Fantrax. Um, 18 games. He's only got two goals and 12 assists for 14 points. I say only because um, I think a lot of people expect him to just crush it offensively this year. Um, I think it's pretty typical for players who are offensive defensemen once they're drafted. Um, team gets their, their hands on them and, and, and gives them some coaching and some guidance and say, look, we know you can score. We know you can do transition and generate offense and run a power play. And that's fantastic. That's why we drafted you. That's hard to learn and teach that stuff. What we want you to focus on while you finish your junior career is the defensive side of the zone because it's easier to score in the WHL than it is in the NHL and it's harder to defend in the NHL. So we really need you to shore up that part of your game uh, if you're going to make our team. Uh, so I'm, I'm certain that that's what happened with Byron and I'm certain that's what happened with Ty Smith. So Ty Smith is my second player um, he is also a lock for Canada. Um, perhaps the luckiest lock of all the locks. Uh, he's 24% Vandrax own, plays for Spokane. He's a New Jersey Devils pick. Uh, they picked him two years ago in 18, uh, 17th overall. So this is his last year of junior eligibility. And he's one of those tweeners where he was real, 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 real close to making the NHL this year. Uh, there was a lot of people that thought he would. Um, 24% Fantrax owned. Um, and a lot of the thought on that was that he's just dominated Junior in his last year. He's too good for Junior, not quite ready for the NHL, not eligible for the AHL. He's one of those frustrating in-between type players. But I don't really have a problem with players like that going back to the a sorry the to chl uh and just dominating for another year uh i don't think that they have nothing to learn even if they're dominating the league um you know there's there's a lot you can still learn about being a, a leader um and a role model and a mentor for some of the the younger kids that are coming into the league um pressure of carrying a team to a championship or to an international championship with Team Canada. Um, I think there's a lot of value to that. So you have a player who comes out of his third season of junior as a high draft pick um, and is a 50-50 chance to make the NHL or not. And if it's not, then, you know, they, they go into that with the expectation of, I think I'm good enough to play in the NHL. This is where I want to be. This is my goal. This is my dream. Um, but if they don't make it, they should not be disappointed. Uh, they should just go back, dominate again, um, and get to the point where you're, you age out of junior, and now you go into your first pro training camp. Um, you should have a lot more confidence than you did the previous season where you're like, I want to make it. You'd go in thinking, I've earned this. This is where I belong. This is what kind of player I am. Uh, so those are two players on defense that are locks for Canada. Bone Byram and Ty Smith. Watch those guys tonight. I'm sure you're very familiar with them. They'll be hard to miss. Uh, the next one is only 7% Fantrax owned, and he was a second round pick in Van 2018. Not Vancouver. Uh, but he was drafted by Vancouver. That's why I wrote that down. Uh, he's playing for Calgary Hitman. That's Jet Wu. 
Uh, he was the 37th overall pick. And he's got eight points in 17 games, a goal and seven assists. So not a prolific offensive scorer. He is a very uh, physical, good two-way player. He's got offensive chops, but that's not the bread and butter of his game. He's a big hitter. This guy throws hits, and um, he had... 66 points last year so he's got some offensive upside um 70 penalty minutes to go along with that uh so if you're in a bangers and match keeping carlson league jet Wu is a defenseman that will have increased value and i think there's a good chance that he makes this team team canada i'm not saying he's a lock but i'm saying i'd be surprised if he didn't make it uh and if he does i think he's the type of player that really personifies Fantasy value stock boost by making Team Canada. He'll score a few points, so that'll be nice. He'll throw a couple massive hits, and Canadian fans are just going to love this kid. And they're going to race out to get him in their fantasy leagues. And if you're if you're not in a bangers and mash league, keep him crossing, if you're just in a points-only league, then you want to highly entertain the idea of selling high on Jet Wu after a strong World Junior performance, if that happens. So hopefully that starts tonight, uh, his first uh, game in the Canada-Russia series. Um, starts generating some of that buzz, and then when the World Juniors come around, if he makes the team, people who don't watch Junior or WHL hockey very regularly will remember Jet Wu and, oh yeah, and then just fall in love with the kid. Uh, a couple other quick hits. Uh, Kalen Addison... Uh, plays for Lethbridge. He's seven uh, percent Fantrax owned. He's a second round pick by Pittsburgh in 2018. He's about a point a game defenseman. 19 points in 20 games. His stocks are rising. Caden uh, uh, Kozak, two percent Fantrax owned. He's a Vegas second round pick from uh, 19 and 41st overall. 14 points in 19 games. Uh, so like I said, the strength of the dub rosters to me is their blue line. I think it's just um, elite. Uh, not too familiar with the goalies at all, so the defense is going to have to insulate their goalies a little bit. And they got some big guns up front that will have to carry the load offensively. So that's it for this episode. Some things that are coming up. I'm going to be doing a uh, Ducks-focused prospect podcast. And Lucas Main will be my guest on that, Dauber Prospects writer. Uh, coming up on Dauber Prospects shortly will be one of our more popular articles. I'm working on it as we speak. It is the Consensus Fantasy Ranking, the NHL Draft. So the players who are coming up in the 2020 Montreal Draft, we're going to be ranking them for your fantasy draft. I'm going to have uh, Dauber Prospects contributors like myself and Yoki and Cam. Uh, Tony, I think, is in on it. And I'm also getting some some guest writers or scouts or media, what have you. Uh, I've got confirmation from Ryan Wagman from McKean's, Brock Otten from OHL Prospects blog, um, Russ Cohen, um, and Scott Wheeler from The Athletic uh, are all, uh, all, all committed to contributing an article, so uh, to the article, I should say. So it's a consensus ranking for fantasy points, only keeper league. Uh, 1 through 31, there'll be a short little blurb on, on each player. Uh, so, you, you know, you get the magazines every year and you watch the NHL draft. Don't use the NHL draft as your fantasy draft list. Um, use the Dauber Prospects fantasy ranking. It's 
far more accurate for fantasy purposes. So look forward to that coming up on the site soon. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. We're on iTunes and SoundCloud and Stitcher and there's a YouTube. You can subscribe to it on YouTube. Um, hit the five star like button. Give me a review. Share me on social media. I really would appreciate that. If you're, if you enjoy the show uh, and you want to keep it going, um, the more people who listen, the more episodes I'm inclined to do. So, you know, spread the love, man. All right, so that's it for now. Follow me on Twitter at DPR underscore show, at Farling, P-H-A-R-L-I-N-G. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the rank.